no one else, and no one else cares. And I'm like, you, they should fucking care, you know. Anyway, so too much blabbling. So let's get this fucking shit started, man. I'm already mad at myself. This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. Hey, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming Podcast. My name is Graham. With me today, of course, is the very absolutely fantastic Jojo, to whom, as usual, I say hello, Jojo. How did you, Graham? Ah, Jojo, we are doing fine. It has been a weird-ass week. That's <laughs> the only way I can describe this week. But... As usual, we have the pleasure of doing a podcast with you, so we fine, 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 fine. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. I have to say, Jojo, I've been a terrible friend this week, so I never checked in on you. I never even asked, Jojo, you're all right. So for that, I'm sorry. I, um, I didn't do it to you either, so. But, you know, I'm your big brother, so I'm the one who should. <laughs> <laughs> I should be doing that a bit more often, so really. Uh, this new job, fine as it is, but you know it's it's a bit taxing for now. I, well, new jobs always always are. I mean, they just kind of suck all your energy and everything. I mean, even when they're fantastic, and you yeah. know they st they still are kind of like, oh God, I I can't I can't do anything but go home and go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. All you have at the moment is to worry about okay, will I be will I be good enough at this? And and when training finish and they take off the training wheels am i going to survive so it, it, in that respect it's a bit taxing but i'm loving it so far and uh we will talk about it in a while after recording or maybe when we have a chance right that'll be fantastic i'm just i'm happy you're happy ah thanks george you're the only person <laughs> who says that and i believe them <laughs> right, so this week we are reflecting upon or discussing the movie Catherine Called Birdie, which is quite a uh, a really cute little movie. I enjoyed watching this this movie for more than one reason, because uh, one, it is sort of a, a, a comeback for Lena Dunham. One and two. It is actually a movie that is protagonized or starring some of our favorite people in the world of acting. So we are going to have a blast talking about it, isn't it, Georgia? Yes, yes, I agree. This is a fantastic movie, and um, it's come at a fantastic time, and it's just, it's it's wonderful. Yes, so before we get started with everything, Catherine Called Birdie is the title of this movie, and of course, we would be more than happy to listen to what you have to say in terms of the description or synopsis of this movie, Jojo. Would you please do the honors? All right, so Catherine Called Birdie, it's a, it's a movie on Amazon Prime, Prime Streaming, it is based on a much beloved book of the same name, and it is the story of a lady, Lady Catherine, I guess, is in England in the medieval times, and it is her diary written from her view of essentially being married off for money. And from what I understand, the movie pretty much follows the book pretty closely. It does change a few key things that I think 
maybe the book wouldn't translate as well into television. But uh, just a fantastic story, uh, kind of a coming of age, teenager, learning about life, the whole the whole shebang about being a stupid teenager. <laughs> Yeah. And it's just, it's a fantastically funny movie. It's joyous. And, uh, and I, I loved it. I loved every second of it. Yeah. I, you know, I was uh, a bit, I dreaded watching this movie for, for a moment as I usually do, because, you know, sometimes I don't like those coming of age movies, to be honest with you. It's just, they can uh, be a bit cringe. Yeah. It, it, it can be a bit cringy. And I'm not going to say that this movie runs smoothly and perfectly because there are some cringy yeah. moments in it. But there is a certain amount of cuteness in uh, Bella Ramsey as Lady Catherine. And Andrew Scott being one of our favorite actors, uh, Andrew Scott is, is hilarious, albeit sometimes a bit scary. Billy Piper is one of my favorite people on earth, you know, so it, it was possible. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do think that, as I said, this is a comeback for for Lena Dunham. As we all know, Lena Dunham was has been cancelled for a while. And for for the most part, I don't know exactly what is it for what she's been cancelled. It probably is may have been something serious that escaped me because, you know, there was a time between 2017 and 2018 where everybody was getting cancelled for some reason, just regardless, depending on how, you know, Twitter woke up. So I, I, I as I said, I sincerely don't know exactly why Lena was cancelled. I think it had something to do with the tremendous whiteness in her show. And I believe that when she was criticised about that she was not entirely incredibly articulate in the way that she defended the show and so that led to her cancellation and blah 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 but to be honest with you it, i there are some of these things that i think are pure domasery uh, on the part of the cancellors as a, as opposed to the cancelled so anything you can elaborate in that respect Jojo? i i don't I, I actually was hoping that that you knew why cuz why there was so much hate for Lena Dunham. I cuz I know there is a lot of hate for her and I know that she's always gotten on people's nerves for one reason or another either for being a woman or for being overweight or for being white or for whatever. But I I I I don't remember why she was canceled. So if anybody out there can enlighten us that would be fantastic. I I I'd like to know why, but I I that's the only thing that I can think of is is what you just said about the the show and the fact that the cast was predominantly white and I I think the show we're talking about is girls. Girls right. Um, yes. But I don't, and the, and her response to to that criticism not being great. But I I don't know if there was something else too, because like I said, there's like when you so I googled Catherine Catherine called Birdie because I always do that to read a few things after I've watched it, and so we can you know talk about it or whatever. And like the first thing that comes up is whatever you think of, no matter what you think of Lena Durham, um, Catherine called Birdie is great. So I'm like. What should okay. I think but, of? But, but, but what did she do? What did she do? It just it didn't it didn't say so. Yeah. So I, here's the thing. I think much like J.K. Rowling's, 
in, to a certain extent, what sunk Lena Dunham's popularity after she had been hailed like the second coming of Christ in terms of women director and scriptwriter and everything else was the fact that every time she responded to the criticism of the overwhelming whiteness of her show, it felt like she was digging deeper uh, the hole as opposed to, you know, coming up with, with something that was well rehearsed and and inappropriate in terms of PR. And that is the only thing I can remember or I can think of. But maybe at some point I kind of blocked all that out in in because it was it was it was a silly argument to me. It was really terrible. So I forgot about that. But let's concentrate in this movie. I know that you liked it, Jojo, but tell me in general what you thought of it in uh what do you think could have shown better or not? I really enjoyed the cast. I think the cast in this is fantastic. I particularly enjoyed the performance of Bella Ramsey as Birdie. And I, I loved the fact that this this movie isn't really about like, um, it's not your typical sort of young adult thing that we've been seeing lately. Like she doesn't have any special powers. She's not supernatural. She's not, um, you know, it's not a dystopian future or anything. This is set in the, in the way back in the, in medieval times. And she is just basically a, a, a goofy, messy teenager who is going through, maturing, going through puberty, going through having crushes on people that you maybe shouldn't have crushes on and, you know, complicated relationship with her father and her mother. And it's just basically kind of like real, you know, real life as much as one can see in, in a movie, but there's no fantastical things that happen really. It's, it's just a, a joyous sort of, unveiling of of being a teenager pimples and all <laughs> yeah i think that's that's what you know there's a there's a, there's a there's a sort of like organic vein to this movie in the sense as you say that it's not bringing you anybody with supernatural abilities but rather the the typical teenager whether it's in this time or in medieval time. And one of the things that I think uh, identify every teenager is the rebellion and, and the notion of like, this is what my parents want for me, but I don't want that for myself. I don't necessarily know what I want for myself, right. <laughs> to be honest with you. But right. I'm but I know that sure that's I'm not going to do what these motherfuckers <laughs> want me to do. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so this is what we see here. And I think more than anything else, I enjoy the way she goes about it because the for me, it's the playfulness and the childishness in which she she attacks all of these things coming at her. And from the perspective of a parent, you see it like, Oh, that poor child doesn't know that we know all about it, that we've been through all of that, that we at one point were her age. So we can tell when you're doing some of this shit. We can tell that's one of your trickeries and shit. 
and we're not gonna fall for it. So for me, that is like the most the, the funniest part of all of this. And the other thing is that Bella Ramsey brings a a silly innocence to this that even when she tries to be mean, you can't really be mad at her because you know that there is an immediate reaction, immediate reaction to her meanness where she realizes, oh my God, I've wronged my best friends and the people that I care about. And in all honesty, except nowadays, in the age of social media, most teenagers are like that. You know, yeah, yeah. It, we had friends that we heard at some point, and and as teenagers, but again, you you and me are uh, Gen Xers. <laughs> but we had those friends that we, I'm mad at you, and blah blah blah, fuck off. And then by the end of the day, we missed them, and like, hey man, is everything alright? Like, I'm sorry I did this, and then we go back to being friends again. Nowadays, things are different. You know, this is the age where kids go back home and go to the, go now more and get their parents gone and go back to school and shoot everybody. So fuck off. Yeah. But well, it, it's a different thing. And that's it. To me, this is one of the things I like here, apart from her schemes and, and, and things like that. I think Lena Donham did a fantastic job, not only directing this one, but also creating a script that even though it is set on medieval time, we can all relate to if you've been through the pains, the growing pains of teenagehood, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think that she, she, well, from what I read, this, this was her favorite book growing up and um, was something that she would read whenever she was down, even as an adult. And there's something very endearing about that, about getting to the point in your life where you're like, you know what, I've always loved this book and I, I want to I want to make this into a movie or a TV series or whatever. And I want it I want it done because it's it's been my my comfort and I, I want it to comfort other people in just a different media platform. And I, I, I think that's endearing. And I think that she approached the book with a lot of probably affection and probably some fear, but at the same time, since she did change some things and she did speak to the actual author of the book and get her permission to do some of these changes, I think that that says a lot that this isn't, as much as she loved this, it's not like a revered thing that she had to to exactly recreate every single thing. She understood that there were things that needed to change for the screen that needed to change for storytelling's sake. And I, I think that she she did a fantastic job with that. I think that she, from what I understand in the book, the character of the father is basically a, he's not very important to the story in the book. And so he's basically just a, a two-dimensional, nasty, awful person and he's described as a beast, I believe. And so there was discussion about how to make him more of a, of a father, more of a dad, and something that, from what I understand, Andrew Scott was very interested in bringing as much to that part as he possibly could into making him more of a, of a human being as opposed to just a, a two-dimensional bad daddy. So I thought that that's nice that she's brought this into a media that I think young people nowadays are 
nowadays are more interested in watching something than reading something, much to my chagrin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so it's it's just, uh, there was something I read, though, I have to say that like kind of hurt my feelings was that, <laughs> was that they were like, this book is, um, is definitely a feminist work, especially for the year that it was written. And I'm thinking, oh, it must have been written in like the 60s or something. 1994. I'm like, oh, <laughs> fuck me. Okay. Fuck me. I about threw my phone across the room. I'm not kidding. Because it's like feminism was invented a long time before 1994. And also, <laughs> what the shit? But yeah. So there, I mean, there is, of course, an element of fe- feminism to this just because this is a girl who wants what she wants as opposed to just dutifully following whatever she's told to do. But that's also in the sense of, you know, there's there's sons in this uh, yeah, as well that... I'm sorry, it's only feminism because it's your girl that wants that. Exactly, like, that's what, what I'm trying to say. What the fuck is that supposed to mean, isn't it? That's exactly what I'm trying to say. It's, it's only feminism because this is your girl and she's not willing to do the things that... Destiny, <laughs> just by the fact of being born a girl, destiny yes. has in 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 sack for her, and so how is that? Isn't that what every human being wants? Like, yeah. So, well, that's what feminism is, right? You know, it's Jesus. that we all get treated equally. So, um, yeah. So. <laughs> But the whole, oh, this book is written from such a feministic point of view, especially for the time it was written, 1994. Oh, my God. I know that, believe me, I understand that 1994 was 30-some years ago. I do get that. But, oh, oh, whatever. Yeah, but a a millennial born in the 80s at this point was probably 14 and, you know, thinking that, yo, 1994 is so ancient. I I, I don't know. I don't know. And I mean, I mean, I get, I understand that young people think that that was a really long time ago. I do. I get that because like I thought the sixties was forever ago. Right. And the people who, you know, but, but at the same time, I, I just don't think that you can equate 1994 to like this total and complete misogynistic, era of era of American history like you could say the 50s or right. <laughs> or the early 60s I just I don't it's not quite the same in fact in 94 I'm pretty sure we had more rights more than rights. y'all do right now absolutely so. I mean Roe v. Wade was like hey you can't touch this I mean if you were a politician in 1994 and you talk shit about Roe v. Wade you can be sure that on both sides of the aisles you were dead you were dead you were fucking dead right yes nowadays as it should be nowadays yo this is what gets you elected (laughs) yeah yeah fantastic so no don't don't yeah man don't don't talk talk about the 90s like uh, that (laughs) yes it had problems but for fuck's sake yeah, so Jojo, let's see what else you've got on this movie and then we'll go into the cast because, again, I am slightly surprised to see that Lena Dunham managed to get quite the cast for this movie. This is, this is by all account, this is sort of like a small movie, to be honest with you. It's not really that big of a deal, is it? But no, the cast no. is brilliant, isn't it? It is. It is a brilliant, brilliant cast. 
Yeah. So Bella Ramsey, she is almost as if you were to say that she was born for to play this character. Like, you know, I've said this before, that every time I see a character, every time I read a book or every time I watch a movie, I'm looking for alternate actors or who could be cast to play a certain role as opposed to whoever is playing it. But this one, as much as I thought, I can't think of anybody else, can you? No, no. I love that she's basically just a normal looking girl. You know, she just, she has long hair. She has kind of a, just a, a regular teenager face. You know, there's no, there's no anything, you know, she's not sexualized. She's not, yeah. um, yeah. more uh, than anything inf- else. Inf- yeah. Right. She's not infantilized. She's Either. not, she's just a, a girl who's 14 and going through some shit. And I, and she's fantastic in the role and, um, fantastic casting. Yeah. And here's the thing, Bella Ramsey, for such a young actress in everything she does, every role that she plays, you can't think of anybody else that could play the role. I say this because if you don't remember, Bella Ramsey was Liana Mormont on Game of Thrones. And at the time, she was just a tiny little girl. And she was one of the most powerful characters on Game of Thrones. And it was fantastic to see her at the time. In, in this one... It's the same thing. Even though to a certain extent she was powerless, she was in this story. She's the most powerful character because at the end of the day, she not only made her point, but she was able to change her father's heart and and and, and ideas as to what her daughter is for. So she is a she's a she's an incredible little actress. And I, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing more of her every time, yeah. every yeah. time. Andrew okay. Scott playing Lord Rollo. It surprises me with Andrew Scott because this is a guy that doesn't have, he's got this almost Judy Dench type of thing where no character is too little for him. Is mm-hmm. that, am I right? Mm-hmm. This is a dude that will play anything as long as it likes the character, I, I suppose. And it almost feels like this is not a dude that is doing it for the money, but rather, yeah, I like this, I'll do it. It sounds like fun. Eh? That's that's the impression I get from him, too, is is kind of like, yeah, I, I like this, and I think I'll enjoy doing it, so yeah, I'll do it. And uh, yeah, I don't care if it's a small part or a big part or or whatever. If it's if it's if I'm gonna have fun, if I'm gonna create a cool character, then then yeah, give me in on that. No, seriously, because I, I, I could see him saying, no. "I'm on this card, so How dare you?" Because Lord Rollo is a minor character and has nothing heroic about him. And to a certain extent, he's actually an odious character. He's just a, a glutton in, term, in terms of money and, and ambitions and really a good-for-nothing type of dad. But yet, Andrew Scott takes this character and makes it 
almost likable, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So yeah. I like that. In in of course, if you don't remember Andrew Scott, he is the hot uh priest. <laughs> For me, he will forever be Moriarty. So yeah, well, that is that is if you you know if you watch Sherlock, but I, I know that most people know him as the hot priest of Fleabag. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, that's it. Oh God! But yep, Moriarty, he's he's Moriarty. That's for sure. He will forever be Moriarty. There are quite a few alums of Game of Thrones in this one, to be honest. And uh, Doctor Who. In Doctor Who, exactly, exactly. Yes. So, so there's that. George Alwyn as Uncle George. Uh, I mean, Joe Alwyn as Uncle George was there. This is like I almost didn't recognize him until I read about the cast. I'm like. The hell with with the hair and like something about his face that doesn't quite make it to me, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, this dude is good in in pretty much everything he does, and um, I liked him in this role. I would have never expected him to play this role, but I liked him here. Yeah, as the fun uncle, or yeah, or whatever, <laughs> you know. Yeah, the fun uncle. I the think that's a good uncle. way to put it. Yeah. I always think of myself as a fun uncle, even though I'm not, you know. <laughs> I think sometimes my nieces tell me that just to appease me and shame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I think you're probably the fun uncle. <laughs> Billy Piper. Uh, Billy Piper, one of my favorite people on earth, as I said. Like, Billy Piper, Piper is really the shit i'm not gonna lie billy piper is the ish she was rose no she was, was she rose in doctor who yep rose was on doctor rose? who rose in yes. doctor who she's also a singer uh, yes and her music is phenomenal she my, is beautiful <laughs> you know my husband pointed out something when you said she's a singer and i'm sorry to interrupt you but I know we're going to get off at another subject, so I'm going to spit it out now. Go on. One of the, one of the songs that is is sort of, because there's lots of popular songs in this that are sort of redone, um, but one of the songs is one of her songs, one of her pop songs. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the soundtrack. Ah. So my husband was like, that's Billy Piper's song. I'm like, oh. <laughs> it's weird because, you know, Jeffrey beats me on that one because I don't. I've never heard a song of Billy Piper, to be honest. Like, uh, yeah, so, he's he's a fan too. So, not not my type of thing, uh, to be honest. Like, music. Well, wise, I, I, I mean, he's he's a fan of her. So, right, right. I'm pretty sure that he's not into that music, to be honest. No, probably no. no. <laughs> I know this man's music taste and is as fucking weird as mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> That's a fantastic way to put it and totally accurate. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he puts on some tracks sometimes. I'm like, is he my age or is he older? Is he? No. F- yeah. That dude is something else, man. One day when we'll have him, we have to do a trio on, on this podcast. You know. And you guys you guys need to do the She Hawk too. Yeah, we we need to do the She Hawk, but I want I want 
to sit him across you and into and you interview him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, forget about the husbandship and, and wifeiness and just just podcast the hell out of him. I wanna, <laughs> yeah, I, I wanna see this happening. So yeah, I like that podcast <laughs> the hell, podcast the bloody <laughs> hell out of him. Yeah, I like that. Isis Hainsworth uh, was A-list. There's something sort of like recognizable about this girl, but I don't know what is it. I don't remember her in anything else. So uh, yeah, she hasn't been in anything that I've seen. I don't believe so. I'm I'm not sure. Um, well, she's on that Hulu. Uh, we talked about not not talked about it. We mentioned this Hulu thing, Metal Lords. Do you remember mm, when we did yes. the monthly what's streaming next month thing? And yes. I remember it was about maybe three or four months ago that I remember you talk about talked about Metal Laws on Hulu, which well, is she's, she's she's on that, but it's probably the only thing. But we didn't even watch that. No, we didn't. But she was iron, was she? Yeah, she was a she was she was sweet. Her character was sweet. Yeah, Dean Charles Chapman as Robert, the <laughs> sort of like the tormentous big brother, like. God, he was evil to the sister of his. He was just nasty. <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was just a terrible big he brother. He said, I will come back when you have no fleas on you. <laughs> he went into the to the mother's bedroom and she was right next to the mother. Like, I wanted to talk to you, but I'll come back when you have no fleas on you. I'm like, oh, God, that's awful. <laughs> but at the same time, at the same time, I have a younger sister. So I know what it means to really hate your little sister. <laughs> I'm a 47-year-old adult, and sometimes I still hate my sister. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't lay a finger on her because I fucking kill you. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, that's the kind of thing, you know. Paul K as <laughs> Lord Shaggy Bird, Shaggy Beard. Dude, Paul K is insane. This dude right there, like, that's bulky. That's why I say between Game of Thrones and Doctor Who, those are all the people that were cast in this one. <laughs> it's like it's like, okay, have you been in Doctor Who or have you been in Game of Thrones? Okay, you're cast. You're hired. <laughs> oh, you haven't you haven't been in either one? I'm sorry. Bye. There's the uh, door. <laughs> that was awesome. Well yeah, Bulky was was good. Like it was refreshing to see but it was a very similar character to the one that he played on on Game of Thrones, but a bit more laughable, to be honest. It, like, it's a weird dude, man. Everything he does is weird. Every character he plays is absolutely weird and gross and kind of, you kind of like them and also hate them at the same time. I don't know what to say about this dude, but he's, he's really funny in a way. Sofia Cornetto, what a crazy character. <laughs> What is she talking about? Like, let's flee. Let's go away. Let's go to Arabia and eat oranges. Like, what? <laughs> that was kind of a weird moment. I, I think that that was, I don't know. I feel like that was the the birdie scene that, that not all grownups have to be serious and have to be sort of so weighed down by life. Yeah. And that some some people can make 
happiness out of their cage because she's in a cage, yeah. um, just like anybody else. But she gets to be weird and glorious and 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 have her 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 oranges. And um, to me, that's that's what I took out of it was Birdie realizing, wait, you know, I, I I I may have to have this fate that I don't want, but at the same time, she's having fun with it, so maybe I can too. Yeah, I think I, I think you're exactly right. It shows that sometimes, really life is what you make it and in, in, in there's not necessarily a a brighter side of everything on everything but you 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 make your own little island of happiness you know rather it's feeding rats to the owls or some shit or dreaming of running away with a teenage girl to to arabia or whatever but this is a weird character in one of I don't know that there's an actress in Britain that has as much range as Sophia Conedo, to be honest. And she's been around for a long time. And I don't think she's even 50. It's just that every role that she takes is very noticeable. And she makes something out of it, you know. So cool. Cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah, she's she is fantastic, and she's very striking too. I love her. She's a very I love her. very striking face. Yes, I love her. So, Leslie Sharp was Marina, and Leslie Sharp surprised me with this very weird. It was a Edinburgh Scottish accent. Most most people who are playing. Scottish, if they're not from Scotland, they will rather adopt a, a Glasgowian accent because it's more, you know. And the Edinburgh accent is a bit more subtle and all, it almost looks like a confusion between between an Irish and, Scot- and Scottish accent, you know what I mean? Whereas the, the Glasgowian accent is, as soon as you hear it, like, Oh, this motherfucker's from Scotland, right? And Leslie Sharp is actually from Manchester. <laughs> but she played that accent to a T, man. And I was like, yo, that's Leslie Sharp, man. That's awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. But yeah, and David Bradley as Lord Gideon, also an alum of uh, Game of Thrones. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well. Yep, Leslie Sharp was on Doctor Who. Also, she played one of my favorite uh, in one of my favorite episodes of Doctor Who. She played um, one of my uh, favorite uh, characters in as a guest character. And David Bradley was in Doctor Who too. Yes, so. yes, yes. <laughs> it's it's amazing. It's like, yo, bring me a book that has all the Doctor Who <laughs> cast. <laughs> <laughs> and cross them off with Game of Thrones. And if they're not on Game of Thrones, we'll bring them on Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. And we'll do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's amazing. Or maybe they've been on both, like the other guy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's cool, man. And Ralph Einson uh, as Golden Tiger. <laughs> I did not recognize Ralph Einson. <laughs> it was like, wait. I didn't recognize him either. <laughs> oh, golden tiger. <laughs> like, what? Uh. Awesome. Um, I don't know why, but I'm actually happy that I watched this little movie, to be honest. 
I'm serious, man. I'm like, it made me happy. It made me smile. You know, mm-hmm. um, like I said, there's some cringy shit about this movie, you know, and um, I think probably one of the reasons whoever wrote about this as a feminist movie is the fact that it unabashedly touches on the issue of menstruation and things like that. Um, but there are things that are cringier than that in this movie that have nothing to do with this particular scene. So I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. But this movie is well, well worth watching, one. Second, this movie is actually funny, two. It is hilarious. It is actually a serious, serious, serious issue because here's the problem. This movie is based on medieval time, but it reflects upon the notion that we, as humans, take liberties with women's lives because we think we're entitled to. And at the end of the day, as the character of Birdie says, women are human. Which brings me to the most famous words pronounced by Hillary Clinton, which is women's rights are human rights, right? And so it's weird because although the book was written in 1994, the time frame that it's the entire story plays, maybe it makes sense that anyone in the world would think that they have the fate of a woman in their hands. But nowadays, today, in 2022, that still seems to be the case. At least some motherfuckers think so. And so this movie is apropos. And uh, I think it's worth watching just at least on that basis. I don't know about yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's it's if you think of women as as other, capital O, other, or if you think of women as commodities or 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 less human than than yourself, then this movie will show you that women, young girls, are are the same as we all have dreams, we all have hopes, we all have things we want to do with our lives, and we just want to be able to do them. We want to be able to make our own mistakes. We want to be able to make our own choices. And uh, I think this movie really demonstrates that very well that, you know, it's really messy to be a teenage girl. And uh, it really doesn't matter what era you're living in. It's just messy. Yes. Yes. Life is fucking messy. And no matter what you do, it won't cease to be that until it has run its course. Because I remember my my teenage years and shit and I so wanted to be an adult so wanted to be like man I can wait until I can decide for myself and shit and now I spend most of my day trying to find somebody who will decide for me because <laughs> <laughs> like for instance I don't feel like going to work today can you decide for me should I go to work and if I do not what will be the consequences? And can you mm-hmm. take care of me after that? You know, things like that. So let's give a, give a break to teenagers, you know. Help them in any way you can. Especially young uh, 
teenage women. Um, anything else, Jojo? No, I don't think so. Other than I, I think this is a fantastic movie. If for some reason there's something about Lena Dunham that we've forgotten about that is completely horrible, please let us know. Yeah. <laughs> but but other than that, I think we should you should watch the movie. I think it's a fantastic movie and um, and a good commentary and something for young girls to watch too. I think it's it's I think there's a lot of things there that young people would be able to identify with. Absolutely. So we are going to call it a day today, but before we do that, we have to tell you about how, the ways to find us on social media, that is through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and also the Pinterest. You can find Jocelyn on Instagram, exclusively on Instagram, as KNS co-host, kicking and streaming co-host. Kicking and streaming co-host. For me, you will find me on Instagram and also on Twitter as Mr. Puzzetta. That's M-R-P-U-Z-Z-E-T-T-A. The place to go to find this podcast and also all of the apps in which you can listen to this podcast is our website. It is kickinandstreamingpodcast.com. We're glad that you've listened to this podcast. If you have not subscribed, please go ahead, do so. Come back every Tuesday. We'll have a new episode for you. But for now, this is myself, Graham, and Jojo saying goodbye. Thank you very much, everyone. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Kicking and Streaming Podcast. If you found value in our content, please subscribe and share. We would also be delighted to hear what you think of this podcast. So please rate us by writing a quick review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all major social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Join the conversation happening today on our Facebook group. <laughs>